You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is Friday, February 16th, 2024. You're listening to me, Grandpa Dan, streaming at RadioAlbion.com. Wrapping up your work week. I'm glad you found a way to wrap up the week with us here at Radio Albion. Uh, as always, I start off reminding you we do have our Sven Longshank support links here on the Daily Nationalist. I continue to encourage you to utilize either the email system or perhaps snail mail. And drop him a note, drop him a postcard, just let him know that we are thinking about him so always going to continue to remind you all of that until the day that he's able to rejoin us which is of course a day we very much look forward to well we have a week to wrap up we have stories to talk about we got things going on and one of the things i thought we would kind of hit at maybe from a little different angle is this demand we have all of these narratives and these stories stories and we always demanded that we have to go along with these narratives we have to pretend we're always told we have to pretend and if you refuse to pretend they're going to subject you to name calling they're gonna they're gonna accuse you of hatred and racism or sexism or just depending on what the topic is they just change the name but the tactic remains the same if you complain about whatever particular agenda they'll just use a different name but the tactic remains the same they call you names and this is to browbeat you is supposed to tell people that you you've got to go along and you've got to pretend you see those who perpetrate the lies demand that you go along with the lies you have to pretend that all of this is real then you can't trust your lying eyes you have to go along with them even though everybody knows that what they're saying is total bs we had this story um, this past week. I had the shooting at the Super Bowl parade, you know, the celebratory parade for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, when this story first broke, you know, and in this headline news, mass shooting to Super Bowl parade, my initial reaction was that somebody done got disrespected and looked at somebody the wrong way. And my initial reaction has wound up basically being without them officially confirming it it has been confirmed let's go ahead and look at this so i got a story from ap covering this uh and it's dated february 16th and we'll we'll go through this a little bit and hit hit some thoughts on this but really what we're going for today is just this overall demand that we go along with things that we know are alive that we 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 keep pretending that things are different from what they are as kansas city tries to recover after the mass shooting that turned a super bowl celebration into chaos police are working with juvenile prosecutors to determine what happens next with the two young people in custody now when this first broke the first dead giveaways were 
they weren't releasing like any suspect information. They did show a quick shot of somebody in handcuffs and refused to show their face, but there were black hands and handcuffs. It wasn't hard to put two and two together of what had happened here. I found it funny the initial reports because they were like police still have not determined a motivation they have not determined the motive behind the mass shooting now this whole thing where they classify you know blacks shooting at one another as mass shootings is a fairly new phenomenon this just started in the past couple years they wanted the media wanted to up the number of mass shootings in the country so the easiest way to do that was to just start lumping in these normal you know, normal happenings in black neighborhoods into this new category. They love to do this. This is a part of this demand that we all go along with whatever they say, the demand with the narratives. These uh, mayors or police chiefs of these big cities will come out and you know that their city is a violent crime shithole. And yet they'll come out and say, oh, no, you're wrong. Why we have these statistics, which is always a dead giveaway that they're fixing to blow smoke up your ass. We have these statistics, and these statistics say crime is actually down. Of course, just a little scratching of the surface, you discover that they've actually just redefined what is and is not a crime. You'll find as this system continues to break down and real crimes are no longer enforced, virtually every city in the country now has this policy where if you shoplift less than $900, they're not even going to bother with you. They're not going to harass you. They're going to arrest you. And you've seen these gangs of youths, which is code term we all know for black people. They go into these stores and each one of them takes less than $900 worth of stuff and makes off and everybody just has to let them go along. As they refuse to enforce the law and actually do their job and 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 stop crime, what you're going to see, because they have to keep people buying into the system, they have to keep people believing in it. It's like they're trying to pretend all of this election stuff is real and somehow going to change things. They got to keep you buying into it. What you're going to see is a is is more and more of a crackdown on basically penny ante stuff. You're going to see the the police having more checkpoints to make sure you haven't been drinking and driving, even if you're driving perfectly fine and you will have to prove yourself innocent. They, they'll pull you over and you'll be like, why, why we're doing a DWI checkpoint. So you're not pulling me over for driving. No, <laughs> but I officer justice believe I smell alcohol. Well, I believe you're on crack. Well, I believe I smell alcohol. You have to prove yourself innocent. You're going to have to submit to a blood test. You ain't draw my blood. You're a damn cop. What are you on about? You've got to prove yourself innocent. Otherwise, we're not going to let you go further. You're going to see more cops whipping you over, making a big case out of speeding or having a tail light out or rolling through a stop sign, even though there's nobody within five miles of these lonely intersection that you're at. You've got to be doing something. And this is to enforce this idea that the system still somehow works. Meanwhile, people just walk into the stores and ransack it and leave and nobody bothers prosecuting them. So they'll come out and they'll say crime is actually down. But anybody with a thinking brain knows that crime is not down. They're just redefining what is and is not crime. They're cherry picking what they want to call crimes. And if they're not bothering arresting people for crimes, then yes, as a result, their statistics show that crime is actually gone down. Voila. It's just like it's just like magic. 
And of course, when they do these policies, they set these policies in place. They say, well, we're, we're freeing up the system. We're going after more violent criminals. That's their justification. And it sounds good. People have no clue of how the system, you know, of how these things work. They'll say, we're not arresting people for things like shoplifting. And they want you to have this vision of some, you know, teenager sticking a candy bar in their pocket. And you say, well, that sounds reasonable. They don't have visions of people going in and ransacking a store and just leaving with all the stuff, carrying TVs. They don't, they don't have a vision of that. They say, oh, we're doing this. So that we can focus on the real crime, the violent criminals. And yet, the violent crime gets worse as a result of them not cracking down on, you know, enforcing the law in these other areas. And we're supposed to all be bewildered. Everyone, everyone of you listening is probably more or less familiar with the percentage of the black population in relation to the percentage of those who commit violent crime. You know, to, to, you're very familiar with, with those statistics, I'm sure. But what you may not be familiar with and what's easy to get lost in this is that those that are doing these crimes are but a percentage of the black population. You can't just say, well, blacks are 13% of the population and do 50% or whatever it is of, of the violent crime, of these crimes. Well, yes, but you can't lump that whole 13% in. You have to realize that it's like, a fra it's a percentage of that 13%. The other percentage isn't doing those crimes. Anybody, look, anybody who has worked in any form of, say, prison system, something such as that, you, anybody who's worked in the system, whether it's law enforcement or, or, or the prison system or whatever, they will tell you, they will tell you that it's the same people that repeat and reoffend and come back over and over and over again. They see very few new faces. It's the same guys. They're arresting the same people. This is especially true in the juvenile system because they don't get locked up as long. They get locked up for like six months. They go to juvie and get locked up for six months or a year, and then they let them out. And then three months later, same guy. It's the same guy. The people that work in these systems will tell you they see the same people over and over many years ago when Giuliani was the mayor of New York, he brought the crime rate down because he started arresting people for he did the opposite approach of what they're doing now. He, was, he started having the police arrest people for like all of these different crimes and really crack down because what you find out was that it's the same people. In other words, if you if you arrest the looting gang of shoplifters and put them in jail, well, guess what? When they're not busy shoplifting, they're popping off on the street. They're doing the drive-by. It's the same people. It's the same people. So when you don't arrest them for the smaller crimes, they're out there doing bigger crimes. That's why when they sit there and they sit, they try this approach of, we're just going to ignore these small crimes and focus on the big crimes. Well, it's the people doing the small crimes are doing the big crimes. Again, you can't lump that whole 13% of the black population and say they're all out there committing these crimes because they're not. It is a percentage of their population that is doing it. And it's the same percentage. It's not fluctuating around. It is that same group of people within their population. Ironically enough, if you crack down and you know, isolate that percentage of their population, you improve the living standards of their neighborhoods. But that never seems to enter into the conversation. Instead, we all have to pretend. We're all supposed to pretend that this is all happening 
as a mystery. Let's get back to our story. I've kind of read one paragraph going. A mother of two was killed and 22 people were injured by gunfire on Wednesday afternoon when shots erupted amid the throng of fans gathered at a rally outside of Union Station after a parade through the city. Police Chief Stacy Graves said Thursday the victims ranged from ages 8 to 47 with half under 16. Police initially detained three juveniles, but released one who they determined wasn't involved in the shooting. No charges have been filed against the two remaining in custody. Police are looking for others who may have been involved. They're calling for witnesses, victims, and people with cell phone video of the violence to call a dedicated hotline. Police spokesperson Eliana Elena? Gonzalez, whoever she is, said in an email that police are working with juvenile prosecutors to review investigative findings and determine applicable charges. The juvenile court system determines the custody status of all juvenile arrests. As I, when this story first broke, they were like, you know, police are searching for the body. I lit. I, I really literally laughed out loud when I heard that because I'm mean, like, we all know what the motive was. We all know what the motive for the, for the crime was. You be looking at me. Oh, look, he, he looking at me sideways. That's him guys from over on the other block. Guns were fired. Guns were being held sideways and firing. <laughs> all these random people, little kids, different people, that you know, some radio DJ, all these people that had nothing to do with it, of course, are the ones that get hit. And this is normal. This is unfortunately the normal aspect, this sort of thing. But see, we're not allowed to say that. We got to talk like it's a mystery. We don't know. Kansas City has long struggled with gun, with gun violence. You see, it's all in how it's all in how you name these. It's gun violence. Kansas. I wonder if there's any other, I don't know, determining factor that might have something to do with the level of quote unquote gun violence. In 20, uh, and in 2020, it was among nine cities targeted by the U.S. Justice Department in an effort to crack down on violent crime. In 2023, the city matched a record with 182 homicides, most of which involved guns. So it sounds like the Justice Department's efforts weren't very successful. Lucas has joined with mayors across the country in calling for new laws to reduce gun violence, including mandating universal background checks. How are you going to put universal background checks for what? Getting a stolen gun off the streets. I mean, universal background. They act like, you see, this is all a part of this demand that we all pretend. We see, we got to have more gun control. We got to have more. We got to stop the quote unquote gun violence. And that's the narrative they run with. And you always know what narrative they're going to pull out. When it's black crime related, it's going to be about gun violence. Which, which way this story went was immediately, you already know, it's predetermined. It's like they have a, a, a graph, and they do the whole thing where if the answer is yes, they're going to go this way. If the answer is no, they're going to go this way. If the shooters were, for some reason, white people, then it was going to be a white supremacist hate crime narrative, regardless of what the motivation might be. It was going to be some form of white supremacy. It, it wouldn't matter what the actual details of the case are. If it's black people popping off because, you know, he done disrespecting me, looking at me over there, looking at me sideways. And so I'm going to hold my nine millimeter up over my head and start spraying rounds off. Then it's going to be a narrative about gun violence. We need more background checks. Now, they've already admitted earlier in the story 
that these are all juveniles that have been arrested for this. And nobody points out that it's already illegal for juveniles to buy handguns. It's, it's already illegal for they're not They didn't go into. Look, little Traverius did not go into the local Bud's gun shop and buy his 9mm so he could hold it up over his head sideways and spray rounds at everybody. He bought it stolen off the street. But you see, the narrative demands that we pretend, you see, that we need to crack down. You see, these, these youths are able to walk into a gun store and just buy a gun. Off the, just buy a gun legally. These problems continue to go unsolved. Now, I've already pointed out, you see, in just what I've spoken about so far today, we're 16 minutes roughly into this show. And what I've spoken out today, if you just blared this out and if you sat this and put played this on your regular radio station or the TV, you already know what the response would be. Racist. This person is racist and hates black people. You see, they always revert to the name calling to, because you're not allowed to look at the truth. You're not allowed to look at it. And the problem is, if you can't look at the truth, you can't solve this problem. Now, I've already pointed out, it's not the 13% of the population that is black people that are committing this crimes. It is a percentage of that. You know, it's a percentage of their population. And if you actually address these problems, the, the rest of that percentage of the population wouldn't have to live in a freaking war zone. We all remember the stories from during the BLM unrest. And people, these people were making demands, a lot of them not black people, by the way. A lot of them white people, predominantly white women, were demanding that the police would defund and get rid of the police. And in some cities, they basically did that. The police said, fine, we won't go into the black neighborhoods anymore. And they had all these black people on the news going, our, our neighborhoods are a war zone. Where the hell are the police at? Now, it was kind of funny at the time because there were some black people demanding that, yeah, the police are racist and need to stay out of our neighborhoods. And then they turn around and say, oh, well, our neighborhood's a war zone. Where are the police at? Well, you can't have it both ways. But to stay on topic, if you actually solved the problem of the percentage of that population, by that effect, you would make their neighborhoods better. And yet none of this matters. You see, you cannot fix problems unless you can speak it to the truth. And yet we've all been programmed, all of us, we've all lived our lives with this program that we understand. Everybody understands that if you speak certain truths, you're going to be attacked and called names. Because it goes against the narrative. We all have to pretend. We drive around. I was thinking this the other day. We drive around. Because here in Texas, you can drive around you know, on the highways and you're going to get a mixed bag. They're usually fair to mid. But if you get off the highways and go on what we call farm-to-market roads, you know, your little two-lane paved roads that go out through the more rural areas, you might as well be in, in Africa in one of those Toyota trucks because it's third world tier. You're dodging holes and the road just suddenly buckles and falls off. To the side. They're horrible. We have third world roads. And yet I was thinking about this and every year, you know, they, they throw more billions and billions and billions of dollars into quote unquote education, which mostly mean, and yet the schools continue to get worse and worse. But when they throw this money into education, we all know what it largely amounts to is if we they look at these tests, they look at these results, 
of education. And as a group, the black students fare worse, which is not surprising because on average, they're going to be at least a standard deviation below, lower in IQ than, than the white kids. I mean, I don't know why you would expect people that are standard deviation lower in IQ on average to somehow do as well as those who aren't. But we have to pretend we just they, they say the answer is we need to spend more money on education. So if we shove more books in their face, then little Traverius will become a rocket scientist someday instead of focusing on. Well, let's make sure he can read and write and do some math and maybe get a job doing what he will be most comfortable doing. If you set in reasonable, unreasonable expectations for people and tell them that they can do things that they're not capable of doing, you set them up for failure. You can become a college graduate and do whatever you want to. Well, no, you're not. Not with a 72 IQ. You're just not going to do that. Instead of saying, well, you just need to you know, do the best you can and, and find your way in life. And they wind up, they wind up changing these results. Now, all of a sudden, well, yeah, he got all of the words wrong and he, the, the spelling was almost unreadable and the cynic structure was non-existent. But we're going to give him a passing grade anyway because he tried really hard and we have to boost we have to boost these grades up. So they spend billions and billions of on education. We have third world roads and the education system is imploding. This is observable reality. And again, though, if you point these things out, you call names. They shout. They call you names. They accuse you of hating people. They accuse you of some sort of emotion, illegal emotion of hatred. When you're simply pointing out reality. And again, this is counter to being able to solve any problems for anybody. You can't solve any of these problems for anybody if you're not allowed to look at the truth and say, okay, well, what's the actual problem? If you had somebody, an individual person, and they had a drinking problem, like every day or every other day, they're shit-faced and they're annoying when they're shit-faced. They get drunk and they're abusive. They cuss people out. They run outside and shoot their gun out in the yard because they're drunk and they're stupid. And they get real stupid and combative when they're drunk. You would never be able to help solve that problem with this person if if you had to pretend like, well, the problem is that people just aggravate him real easy. You see, the problem is everybody else keeps aggravating this person. And if people would be more understanding of this guy and quit aggravating him and poking him, maybe he would, he would start behaving differently instead of addressing the actual real problem. If this story spoke the truth, it would say Kansas City like many of these other cities, have a black violence problem. But see, you're not allowed to say that. You are literally not allowed to. I'm saying it, and they'll call me all kinds of hateful names and accuse me of hating black people and accuse me of this. And, but that is the truth. If you went into the black neighborhoods and you said, man, what, what's going on in your neighborhood? They would tell you something along the lines of these boys keep popping off out here and they always out here in the street and shooting at each other. They'll tell you the truth because they know. They wouldn't sit here and say, well, there's a problem you know, uh, uh, with the gun violence. They would tell you. These boys always popping off. These gangs always shooting at each other out of the windows of their stolen cars. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, they, they would tell you the truth, but you're not allowed to speak the truth. If you speak the truth, you get called names because you, you have to promote the narrative. And the narrative is that everybody is 100% like a cookie cutter. They're all exactly the same. And it's just how much money we spend in education or or we, we got to have more background checks. We got about background checks because somehow juveniles are going in and legally buying guns, which we all know is not the case. We all know that's not true. But again, you're not allowed to say that part. You have to pretend. We're all supposed to pretend. We're all supposed to keep pretending and going along. This pretending, it's very, it, when people allow themselves to pretend, it puts them in dangerous situations. I've watched the footage, and many of y'all have, of this happening at the Kansas City Parade. And things I found fascinating is all these people show up at the parade, and you have all these goofy-ass-looking white people walking around in their football jerseys, which I'd be that as it may. But you have all these, and you can tell, you look at the demographic of the people there, and you have large gatherings. You know, you got lots of black people there. You got all these clueless white people there. See, if, some, if you look around, well, I, I, I wouldn't go to something like that. I'm going to look around and say there's going to be a large gathering of black people there. And it's probably not a good place to go be because then boys are liable to start popping off. Somebody going to look at somebody and disrespect them. I was listening. I, I remember some time back I, I was watching a video of one of these black conservatives, whatever you think of that and i don't mean the black part i just mean conservatives in general because conservatives have such a habit of, of missing the point conservatism well we're not going to get off on that topic but I, I was watching a video of one of these black conservative commentators and he said straight up he this and he's allowed to say this because he's black you and i cannot say this because we will be called names but this black conservative commentator he said i've never something along the lines of he says i've never been anywhere he said, where there is a large congregation of black people and had a pleasant experience. He said something along that lines. And this was just the truth. And he went on to explain why that is. There's always going to be some outburst of violence. There's always going to be somebody screaming and yelling. There's always going to be somebody, as he put it, acting a fool. And of course, he's right. But we're supposed to all keep pretending. I look at all these white people running around scrambling and climbing over barriers and such. And, and I'm thinking, why would you be there in the first place? Because they want to pretend. They want to pretend that they can go to something like this. You know, and I mean, you know, you've got the right to go. You may have, we all make our own decisions. Yeah, I wouldn't decide to go to a large gathering like this where I know there's going to be a large group of black people. Not because I hate black people at all. But because I understand that demographically speaking, you've got this many, but you've got this many people crammed in there. No, most of the black people, there are just there to enjoy the parade like everybody else. But there is going to be a percentage of that that somebody going to look at them in a disrespectful manner and then boys going to hold up the gun sideways and start popping off. And you have these people walking around, these white people walking around like, what's going on? My gosh, what is going on? Maybe it's firecracker. Maybe it's fireworks. Maybe somebody just got so excited they set some firecrackers off or something. There was part of a video where some people ran, some men ran and tackled apparently one of the suspects. How come none of the strong, empowered females just like we see on TV? You know, because the, the TV, all these TV shows encourage these these narratives, encourage people to to 
you know, repeat the lie to go along with a lie. I didn't see some 130-pound woman, not that there's very many of those around, you know, strong, empowered female run over and tackle this guy. No, though, they were all running and screaming. A couple of men jumped on this guy and tackled him and took his gun away from him. You know, it was a couple of men. We, where were the strong, empowered females? It just, it's one lie after another. And they just demand, everybody demands, and most people go along with it. They know it's lie. They know it's BS, but they all go along because they don't want to be called names. But what does it say to where to where you have to be insulted, name-called for simply pointing out the truth? What does that say? You got to deal with the truth. This will keep you safe. Look, you read a story, and, you know, somebody got in a fight at the bar, at one o'clock in the morning last Saturday night, and this fight broke out in the parking lot, and somebody got stabbed. And you say, "Man, that's awful! That guy got stabbed, died, gutted out there in the parking lot. That a horrible thing." You know who wasn't stabbed and gutted out in the parking lot? People that is home in bed at one o'clock in the morning, not out the, not out at the bar. If you out after midnight at the bar, your risk of more things going bad, and people can make that decision and say, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go to the bar at one o'clock in the morning. I might get stabbed in the bar. I might not, but it, the chances go up. If I'm at home in bed, I can get gutted in some bar parking lot. Likewise, you know, because you can see that truth and you can analyze that truth and make that decision. Likewise, I mean, if, if, if oh, we're going to have this big gathering, citywide gathering of people, we're going to have a big parade. And you know, because of the theme of it, there's going to be a huge, large predominant gathering of black people there you as a white person me i'm going to decide not to go there again not because all the black people there are going to you know burst out in violence but because you know that the larger the group there's going to be a percentage of that group that is going to, that does have the potential to do that very thing and you don't have any business being there you're not going to get gutted at the bar at one o'clock in the parking lot if you're home in bed and if you're watching the damn parade on TV at home, you're not going to have to worry about running and jumping over barricades because somebody's popping off. And yeah, you're not their target, but those are the people that always get hit because they're holding the gun up sideways, <laughs> holding the gun up sideways. What this tells us is that the system, the government, they don't care. Solving the problems doesn't even come into it. What they care about is the narratives when they come out and say we want to improve we want to improve the lives of the people that live in the black community no they don't because they're not willing to to look at the truth and say what could we actually do if you really gave me the power and said damn your job is to sit down in this city and improve the lives of the people in the black community i could very much do that and for probably a fraction of the budget of what these cities spend every year I could improve the lives, but you would have to deal with the truth. And you're not allowed to do that. What's important to this system is the narratives. That's all that matters, the marketing, the narratives, what people are and aren't allowed to say. They do not care about improving the lives of the black community. That's a lie. When they say they want to crack down, they want to, they, they, they're going to do this. They, none of this is true. They, they, all that matters is that nobody can stand up. Because if you can't, again, if you can't look at the truth, 
you're never going to fix a problem. You've got to know what the problem is and then say, okay, well, these are the decisions that we can make that would fix the problem. But if you're not allowed to do that, you, you're never going to fix the problem. If the engine in your car is missing and you're only allowed to criticize or, or, or say that something could be wrong with the transmission, you're never going to fix the car. You've got to be able to identify the problem and then start narrowing it down to say, okay, well, how can we fix this? How can we fix the missing? How Our, our engine is sitting there missing. we got to fix the miss. You can't do that if you keep, no, no, everybody insists you have to keep staring at the transmission and figuring out what's wrong with the transmission. Maybe not the best analogy in the world, but the fact remains, you have to be able to identify the problem and then come up with solutions. And it wouldn't be really, really honestly would not be that hard. And you would improve everybody's lives. You could go to a parade and maybe not have to worry about them boys popping off. And getting shot or your kids getting shot while you're trying to enjoy a parade. Maybe you could do that. Maybe people in the black community could live in you know, neighborhoods that weren't war zones. But you have to actually say, okay, well, this is the problem. This is how we got to, this, this is, these are our options of different things we could try to deal with it. But everybody is afraid. Everybody's afraid to name these problems and identify the problems, much less work on actual solutions. And again, it's not like you would have to come up with like crazy ass radical solutions. It's a percentage of the population. It is a percentage of that population. So you're not even dealing with a vast amount of people when you get down to it. Anyway, you're not going to get, here's a spoiler, not that y'all need it. You're not going to get any solutions to these problems. You're going to get called names and they're going to demand that everybody continue to pretend. We got to answer this juvenile crime. We got to spend some more money on education. We need we need more money. We need to throw more money at the schools because why if these youths are just if they if they get a good book in their hands and and and, and if they get some more education then they'll stop shooting at each other at parades. We'll fix the problem by never identifying the actual problem. They're not going to defend the system. The government is not going to defend the community. They're not going to defend the people. But they will vehemently defend the narrative. We're going to wrap up on that note. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I thank you for wrapping up your week with us here at Radio Albion. I'll be back on Monday to start your week off. It'll be Monday again before you know it. I hope you enjoy your weekend. We'll see you then. As always, keep the faith. We'll see you next time. You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community.